The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the seventh chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Now, when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me at their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold the human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside of a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. For it is, for it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The assembly may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. A few years ago, I was at the store and I came across this sign that says, say your prayers and wash your hands because Jesus and germs are everywhere, right? Okay, and at the time, it was good for a chuckle. A few years later now, man, that speaks to my soul. That hits hard. We've gone through quite a few events lately that have really made signs like that really hit home. I never, never envisioned a world, for example, where my kids would be so excited about getting hand sanitizer as a stocking stuffer right? But that's where we are right now, right? And, and, and even the ways that we wash our hands, we're so much more aware of it, right? How readily available is hand sanitizer or the process to wash our hands, right? Because it's so, so important, your technique. 20 seconds, right? You're supposed to wash your hands for 20 seconds. I don't know if you know this, 20 seconds is not how long I used to wash my hands. I'm just going to admit, that is a long time. It is roughly two happy birthdays or... That's one ABCs or one twinkle, twinkle, little star, which I am this many years old, I just found out, are the same tune. I did not know that. I just had that mind-blowing experience. Again, cutting my hair allowed my mind to experience those new things, right? But again, technique is so, so important. It's important this morning, actually, in our gospel. Our gospel today is, in many ways, about the technique or lack thereof of hand-washing. Right? The Pharisees and the scribes make a particular observation regarding Jesus and his disciples, saying this, that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. Now, I don't mean to pick here, but 
you would think they would have bigger fish to fry than worrying about Jesus' disciples not washing their hands, if I'm being perfectly honest, right? You would think they would maybe be spending their time trying to debunk some of his miracles, perhaps, trying to get to the bottom of those, or maybe trying to wrap their minds around these parables that he keeps telling everyone. Or maybe, maybe they'd be more focused on his claim of divinity, right? Something like that, but hand-washing? Are you kidding me? But as it turns out, and this is usually the case in Scripture, it's not about the hand-washing. It's about something much bigger than that. It's about tradition. It's about cultural identity. And what it leads to is an opportunity for Jesus to share another teaching about sin, a teaching about life. Now, you see, as it turns out, the origins of kashrut, of, of the kosher laws, have some foundation in Scripture, right? But eventually are fleshed out even more fully in rabbinical teachings and tradition, right? Initially, these kosher laws were put into place in an effort to ensure that the priests, right, the priests would be physically prepared to stand in the presence of the divine, right? To have their body in a state acceptable for the divine. Now, over time, and as it expanded through these extra-biblical uh, rabbinical teachings, what ended up happening was these rules, right, these traditions that generally were intended for the priests now applied more universally, right, to everyday people in their everyday life. It became in many ways a part of the tradition and the culture of the Jewish people. So as they live under Roman occupation at this point, this is even more significant because these kosher laws, kashrut, are a means by which they have maintained their cultural identity as the culture around them oppresses them, right? This is how they can be easily identified in a crowd as a faithful Jew. And you see, so when the disciples sitting along the Sea of Galilee eating the loaves and fishes that Jesus had multiplied with their, what is it, 4,988 closest new friends that they just made, not washing their hands wasn't just that they kind of a yuck thing. It actually butted up against cultural identity and tradition, right? Because we're told, according to the Pharisees and scribes, all Jews wash their hands before they eat, which we know isn't true because what's the whole thing? Jesus and his followers, all faithful practitioners of the Jewish faith, are not washing their hands. So clearly, there's something more going on. Clearly, these traditions, right, these, these acts are important. Important for so many reasons. And if we take a moment, the same is true for us today, right? Our traditions so often inform who we are, establish our identity, whether it be as an individual, as a family unit, or even a culture, right? Think about the foods that we eat, maybe. Or, or maybe it's the dialect that we speak. Perhaps it's even the things that we choose to celebrate and, and how we choose to celebrate them, or the stories that we think are important enough to pass on from generation to generation to generation. Those are important. Those define who we are in so many ways. It's why when I do premarital counseling with couples, one of my favorite questions to ask is this. How did you celebrate the holidays growing up? Great. Now, how did you celebrate the holidays growing up? Great. Now, how are you going to make that work together? Have you thought it through? 
because those are important things, because there's expectations from our families or from the society around us, because those things oftentimes reflect our values and reflect who we are. And I want to be clear. I don't think Jesus is saying, don't wash your hands. In fact, I would say just the opposite. I think Jesus wants us to wash our hands, okay? I think that's important to keep ourselves and those around us safe. And I don't think it's that Jesus doesn't care about tradition. Instead, the issue here is simple, and it's this, that very tradition intended to physically prepare one's body to stand in the presence of the divine is now getting in the way of them recognizing the divine literally standing in their presence. They're unable to have a relationship with Jesus because they can't stop staring at the dirty hands of the disciples. It's getting in the way of relationship, and that is the problem. Notice, Jesus doesn't name the sin today as, as defilement. Instead, it's hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. They are hypocrites, Jesus says. That's the sin here today. And for us today, it's a good news, bad news situation, right? On the one hand, the good news is this. Jesus is establishing a new tradition, and in that new practice, this concern over ritual defilement no longer plays as prominent of a role, right? It no longer is as important, at least not for these Jewish followers of Jesus. It can still be an important practice. We still maybe want them to wash their hands. Certainly, maybe it's a tradition they continue to keep or a cultural identity marker, absolutely. But it's no longer a matter of life and death. It's no longer a matter of sin anymore. On the flip side, though, the bad news is this. It's clear that sin is no longer in just an external force, right? We can't just blame defilement from the outside world on us for why we are sinful. In fact, it reminds us today that force of sin comes from within. So, to recap, it started as a broken rule, a broken tradition, has now led to a moment where Jesus is teaching us about sin. Jesus is teaching us and giving us an opportunity to learn about it, right? And he gives us a list of these sins, potentially, right? It's not an exhaustive list. It's what I would call a representative list. It's supposed to get our minds thinking in terms of, of these actions and attitudes and character traits, right? And the truth of the matter is this. Like I said, it's not an exhaustive list. Our hearts are capable of more than just those things that Jesus names. Our hearts are capable of wonderful, amazing things. Our hearts are capable of love. But they're also capable of these things. And my kids aren't in church today, so I'm just going to use them as an example. My kids sin all the time, if I'm being honest. I don't know where they get it from, but they sin all the time, right? They fight with each other, they say words they shouldn't say, and they envy all of Dad's cool Star Wars toys, right? Why can't we have them? Well, get a job and one day you can, right? So, while in their hearts are all of those things, right, at the same time, these very same children in their hearts are the most compassionate and loving kids in the world. A few weeks ago, for example, they independently did some research on the internet, which as a parent makes me anxious, but hear me out, right? And they came back with a handwritten list of all the items that are most commonly asked for by the homeless populations of our world. 
And they demanded that we go to the store and we buy all of these items and big Ziploc bags so we can pack care kits to keep in our car so that when we run our daily errands, we have something tangible that people in our community need in order to continue to survive and hopefully one day flourish and thrive. Beautiful, right? These are the same kids who are screaming at each other one minute, working together to help the homeless population. Amazing and mind-blowing, right? Of course, now they yell at me because if I don't have them in the car and it turns into arguments, but again, as a whole, it's an amazing thing. The point is this. We are capable of more than just sin. So I don't want you to leave here thinking that's what Jesus is saying. In fact, let's take it a step further. I think what Jesus is saying is there's more to this than just tradition. Jesus is trying to get these people to understand he offers salvation. Salvation in baptism. It doesn't just wash our bodies, but washes away our sin. Jesus doesn't want us to just wash our hands. He wants us to wash our hearts. As Luther would say in the small catechism, in a grace-filled water of life, in a bath of new birth in the Holy Spirit. There's one thing I've learned this last year with this virus, is that we cannot always fully control what happens to us or around us. We do things to try to help with that, but there are just sometimes forces beyond our control happening around us. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, we are filled with God's love and grace and mercy, which defines how it is that we respond in moments like this. And if I'm being honest, a good way to start and a good place to start is to wash your hands and say your prayers because germs in Jesus are all around us. Thanks be to God. Amen.